I did a, a lot of studying for uh, tonight, and I feel like there is this word that encompasses. It's it's about what's going to happen tonight, and so it's this Greek word. And I did study. I looked at uh, at the Old Testament. I looked at the New Testament, and it really talks about what is going to happen tonight. So I'm going to have you guys repeat it after me. So I want you to turn to your neighbor. Are you guys ready to say this word? Say, just say, say, yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. And when you just say, yes, I'm ready. Yes, yes, I'm ready. All right. Look at your neighbor. You guys ready for this Greek word? Yes. Say, tonight, tonight. is going to be, what's the word? A W. A W. A W. Who here knows what that means? All right. Can someone tell me what that means? It means a win. All right. Turn to your other neighbor. All right. Maybe let's try a different word. Say, tonight, tonight. is going I need you to turn around to the neighbor behind you. I need you to say, you're sus. <laughs> Can anyone tell me what sus means? All right. I'm trying to act cool. I don't know if I am, but you know, it is what it is. So, <laughs> all right. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Alexei, and uh, my, uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you a little bit about myself in a minute, but I just want to say thank you to Pastor Ryan and Pastor Krista. So how many of you guys know in the Old Testament, it's sinful. Are you guys laughing because you don't think I'm cool? No, yeah, you totally are. All right, just a little bit. All right, okay. I, I feel, uh, yeah, I feel it. Okay, so um, so you're not supposed to have idols. How many of you guys know the Old Testament says not to have idols? Yes. Um, but I did have when I was in Victory School Ministry, so I'm in Bible school. So, uh, long story short, I went to, I got invited to this youth conference. I go to this youth conference, and um, before that, anyone know who Mac Miller is? Okay, so I set up a, a wrap-off between Mac Miller and a rapper named Misdemeanor. I was big into that scene. My friends did drugs, um, and I'll, some of my lunch table ended up dead or ended up in prison. So uh, I was, you know, and I was always ending up in fights. So at one point, the principal called my parents and said, we want your son out of our school. I went to a school of uh, 2,000 students. So uh, I was always in trouble, but I got invited to this youth conference, and I got radically changed at this youth conference. God radically touches my life. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? So first, I start telling everybody about Jesus. I'm like, listen, do you, do you see this, this room? Do you see how it's all placed together? Jesus has a place for you inside this room. And then there's like everything. Like people be like, dude, this cheeseburger is delicious. I think, what else is delicious? The presence of God. <laughs> And then, like, we'd be hanging out, we'd be going to restaurants, and we'd be kicking it, and be like, man, this burger is really cool, and you know what else is cool? Jesus. And you need to ask him inside your heart right now, and if you don't repent, you'll go to hell right now in a handbasket. And so what I realized is now my cool friends that were, now they're like, dude, you're a weirdo. I'm like, whoa. So what I've learned is you don't have to be weird to follow Jesus, and you don't have to be weird to share Jesus. But, so I didn't know that at the time. I signed up for this Bible school. I'm from Pittsburgh. And I ended up in uh, Youngstown, Ohio, in Victory School Ministry. And one of the people that had been through this school before me was Pastor Ryan and Pastor Krista Crooks. So one week, they bring, all, they're like, we're going to bring some of the alumni. We're going to bring some graduates of the Bible school. And so they bring in Pastor Ryan and Pastor Krista, and they're like, we're youth pastors of this mega church. And I was like, who? I was like, tell me. I don't have a clue what led to you. And, um, but I, I looked up to them so much. And so thank you so much for having me here um, this evening. So uh, my full name is Alexei Vladislavich Plotnikov, which I will get to in a moment. But uh, that's me. If you didn't know that, I'm, we need to pray for you right now. 
on, on, my, uh, on the left of the picture, that's my beautiful wife, Miranda, who I've been married to for over four years. So we got married in 2018. And those are our two kids, Samuel and Xander. So uh, that's the four of us. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about me real quick. Um, what I like to do for fun is I love to go dirt biking. So there's me riding. Um, I actually go dirt biking with this guy right here, Micah. Um, his dad is one of the craziest people I've ever met when you get on trails. But so is Micah. So uh, I told Micah not to tell his mom, but someone did. The last time we went out riding, he was trying to go up this hill that was like this, and he flipped his quad, it fell on top of him, and I was like, don't tell your mom, she's going to sell it. Someone told his mom. She didn't sell it, so we're good. All right, um, next picture. So I was a youth pastor for eight years, but recently what I've been doing is I became a realtor, and so that is me and my boss, and so what I do is I sell houses to people right now, and um, it's, it's pretty fun. So maybe you'll hear some stories tonight. But tonight, I really want to talk about, I want to talk about identity tonight. I want to talk about identity. So, um, like I said, so my name is Alexei. Say Alexei. Alexei. But my full name is Alexei Vladislavovich Plotnikov. Just try to say that. Yeah, so Alexei Vladislavovich Plotnikov. Like, it took me, like, how many of you guys take state testing? Like, you, you, uh, you go in and, like, you got to do the state testing. Yeah, it took me to, like, middle school to learn how to fill in the bubbles for my name. Like, it wasn't like, hey, you know, my name is Zach, Z-A-C-H, or Z-A-C-K. Like, no, it was, my name is Alexei Vladislavovich Plotnikov. So here's all these kids who have normal names that are super easy, and here's me. I'm in fifth grade. I'm like, I still don't know the blocks for my name. So eventually I learned how to spell my name, but some of the questions that I always would get asked, so my dad is from Russia, like right off the boat, from Russia, he can speak fluently, I speak a little bit, and so sometimes when I, when I was in high school, people would be like, aren't you Russian? Yeah. Why are you wearing a coat when it's snowing outside? I was like, well, what does that have to, yeah, because it's cold, I'd be like, uh, you need to be in a different class. Um, you need to go down a couple grades. But people would ask me, oh, you Russian? Yeah. Do you play hockey? No, no, I don't play hockey. Like, I was born in Pittsburgh. I don't play hockey. So, I don't, I am a good ice skater, though. So, and then I would always get, and then, and then he, he was my favorite. You Russian? Yeah. Dude, I met this Russian one time down in Florida. His name is Vladimir. Do you happen to know him? No, dude, I have no idea. Like, do you understand how big the United States of America is? I don't know your... And I, st I still get that today. Do you have my Russian friend in Wisconsin? No, dude, I don't know your Russian friend in Wisconsin. So, um, but whenever I shake someone's hand, whenever I walk up to someone and I say, Hi, my name is Alexei, I'm saying so much more than just the 17 letters of my name. Might be... I think it's like 47 letters. Okay. I'm saying more than the 47 letters of my name. I'm saying my name, but I'm saying my identity. I'm saying certain characteristics, certain attributes. You see, your name is so much more than your name. Your name is your identity. There are certain attributes connected to your name. There are certain characteristics uh, connected to your name. There are certain events that have happened that are connected to your name. And so every time that you walk up to somebody and introduce yourself, you're saying more than just your name. You are saying your identity. Tonight, I want to talk about identity. All right, let me pull out my phone real quick, just so I want to make sure that I don't go over time tonight. How many of you guys have a phone here tonight? How many of you guys have a cell phone? All right, how many um, Android users do I have? 
How many Apple users do I have? Ah, I message. All right, so... I had an Android forever, then my employer told me, if you don't switch to an iPhone, we're not going to pay your phone bill. I was like, iPhone sounds great to me. So I switched to iPhone, and things I love about iPhone, I love Apple Pay. I love being able to uh, pay people through text message. But my favorite thing about the iPhone, outside of FaceTime so I can see my beautiful wife, um, I love on the iPhone iMessage. How many of you guys love iMessage? Okay, let me ask this. How many of you guys get agitated when you get a group text and it turns green? All right, you know what I'm talking about? Now, let me ask you guys, listen, I want you guys to be real right now. So iPhone did an update uh, a couple, maybe a year or two ago, and here's the update they did. They did this update where at the bottom right, anytime you send a text message, it says delivered. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? It says delivered. And then it can tell you if they read it. You guys know what I'm talking about? You confused? You sure? All right, all right, just. All right, Sam? Good? All right. So, you. Okay, you didn't give me a thumbs up? I thought you were confused. Okay, so, do you have an Android? Do you have an iPhone? All right, cool. All right, all right so, how many of you guys, let's be real, sometimes your parents text you and you know about that, you know, you, you know, like if you click on it, it'll say red. So what you do is you intentionally don't open the text message so it says delivered but it doesn't say red. Don't lie to me. Aren't, aren't your parents pastors? <laughs> Alright. So, right, how many of you guys do that? Tonight, God is going to be texting and knocking on your heart, and you guys can decide, am I going to answer the text message, or am I going to leave it unread? Because some of you guys come here week after week, and you walk in this room, and God has been knocking on the, on the door to your heart, and some of you guys have left the text message unread, because you know that the moment God calls you, that you have to walk into a, a, a responsibility you've never walked before. And you would rather live the lifestyle that you live at school, live the lifestyle that you live at your job, and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I do out here, but when I walk in the church, I'm going to leave my text messages to God unread because I know that he's calling me, but I've decided to leave it unread for this moment. Tonight, God is texting you and you can decide, am I going to leave it unread or am I going to read the text message and respond to what he is saying? Speaking of iPhones, um, so I was born in the 90s. Uh, we didn't have, I mean, we had cell phones. I had something called a track phone. But a couple things that we had is, uh, do you remember Tamagotchis? We had this thing. It was like these pixelated, uh, have you guys ever, you guys ever have calculators? They're like green and black. Like, they're not like this, they're green and black. It looked like the screen on a calculator, and it had an animal, and that animal, it was just like a square box with like two dots, and people were like, oh, this is my cat, and uh, her name is, do you, I should, let me show you guys a picture real quick of a Tamagotchi, and they'd be like, this is my cat, and I named him Benji, and, uh, and they would pull out their, you'd be in mid-conversation, people would pull out their Tamagotchis, because if you didn't feed it in time, it would die. I'm being so serious right now. All right, so um, let me show you. Oh, come on, don't open up. Oh, they're still selling on Amazon. I'm going to buy some of it. All right. <laughs> I can't believe they still have this. This is great. All right, so I don't know if you guys can see it, but this is a Tamagotchi. Like I said, it's just like a square with like two dots as eyes. And so people would literally, like, you'd be in conversation like, wait, how was your Christmas? Oh, to feed my Tamagotchi. <laughs> 
just going to die. He literally did. And it was so funny because it was a generation that would feed something that was completely dead, wasn't alive, and lived on batteries. And yet I lived in a generation that had the Word of God, something that is living and alive today. And they wouldn't open this, but they would have time to open up the common Timothy and take the common Logic. Can I tell you, as a generation, if you don't feed yourself, something else will. If you don't put the Word of God in you, if you don't put the Bible in you, something is going to fill you up. And you can choose to let it be God filling you up, or you can choose to let the world, your school, your friends, your lunchroom, your teachers filling you up. Some of the other things I learned is, you guys have it good. You don't watch a movie, you know what you do? You go on Netflix. How many guys have Netflix? You have Netflix? Oh, I'm talking to your parents after service. All right. All right, so... You, so what we used to do, so you guys, you go to Netflix, right? And then you search through whatever you want, and then you hit trailer. And you can actually watch a trailer in your house right then. And if you get halfway through the movie and you're like, this movie stinks, which is 50% of the movies that my wife makes me watch about Christmas. She's like, this is great. I'm like, like I tell her, this is what's going to happen to the movie. They're, gonna, uh, they're both dating different people. They're going to meet in a small town, and she's a city girl, and he's a country boy, and he drives this cool old Ford, and it's a big green Ford, and they're going to fall in love, and then they're both going to meet different people, and they're going to end up together. There's always a dog involved. There's always, Benji is always involved. So, but, you know what me and Pastor Ryan used to do? Me and Pastor Ryan used to have to, first, we had, used to have to talk our parents into driving us to a store called Blockbuster. So you get in the car, you drive to Blockbuster, and then you look through all the DVDs to see what movie am I going to choose. So finally you go through, you pick the movie you want, and when you pick the movie you want, they're always out of it. So you got to go to your secondary third choice. You get your third choice, and the only way to tell if the movie's good or not, like you couldn't pull out a phone and watch a trailer. You read this little thing on the back that's like, this movie is about Benji the dog that ran away from his parents. And you're like, okay, you know what? I think this will do. Then you ask your parents to buy popcorn, but they're like, the popcorn at Blockbuster is $8. We'll stop at Dollar Tree. They never get you popcorn. So you go home, you pop this movie in, and see, back then we had CDs. And CDs would always have scratches on them. So right when you got to the best part of the movie, like, let's say you're watching Spider-Man, and you're like, yes! This is, I'm a so... It would skip like three, it would skip to like three chapters ahead. So you'd be like, yes, this was it! And then, like, credits. I'm like, What's, what just happened? You guys live in a generation where you have access to everything you want right now. You want Chipotle? Don't wait in line in Chipotle. You order it on your app. You walk in, you grab it, and you walk right out. You want to go to Chick-fil-A? You order on your app. You walk in. You don't have to walk in. You pull up in your car, and they bring it to your car. You don't even have to walk in. You want to watch a movie? You hop on on Netflix and you watch it right now. But here's the thing I want to tell you about God. We don't serve a Netflix God. And it looks like God. We're saying, God, I need, I need this right now. God, I need to connect to my phone right now. But we don't serve our microwave God. We don't serve our crockpot God. We don't serve our blockbuster God. So sometimes when we're waiting for our breakthrough, it's really, God, you brought me through something. Can I tell you, sometimes when it feels like you are walking through hell, and you're like, God, where's my breakthrough? We don't serve a God that always does, does things in a moment. Sometimes God says, there's a process that you have to walk through. And some of you guys are wondering, why am I walking through hell? It's because God is bringing you through a process. Because there's things that are going to come out on the other side that are beautiful. 
sometimes you have to be put in pressure for things to happen. Diamonds are put in pressure for them to come out. And then, one more thing. There was the old dial-up. When we wanted internet, we didn't have this. So first you had to unplug all the phones in the house. And then you plug the phone line into the computer and it went, and while you were on the internet, no one could call you. So you would hop online, it would be super slow, and we would do use this thing called AOL Instant Messenger. And so it would be like, and like you'd be like, oh, someone logged on. Oh, oh, it's my crush. And you would see that your crush logged on, and then you'd be like, hey, hey, what's up? Hey, man, HBU. JC, just chilling. Cool, that was a great conversation with my crush. Hey, I got you. We can go off. We can go on dates. My dude, you couldn't get past three words. Sometimes we want a direct connection to God, and the reason why we can't get a direct connection to God is because we have too many things plugged into our life. Sometimes we have to unplug the other things in our life. Just like how we used to have to plug into our internet, sometimes if you want a direct line to God, you've got to unplug all the other stuff that you have plugged in. So Matthew chapter 15, verse 13. Bam. By the way, um, you guys didn't have the NKJV, but we, we got it. So Pastor Chris was like, oh yeah, we got all the Bibles up on ProPresenter. Do you know how many Bibles you guys have on ProPresenter? Zero. I'm like, what kind of youth group doesn't even have a Bible in there? It's okay, so. All right. It's just a joke. We love Pastor Christo. You guys love Pastor Christo or what? Yeah. All right. So she gave me, like, six tours of the building. I, kept, I was like, every time I came, I was like, can you give me a tour of the building? Can you show Connor a tour of the building? So, all right. So the Bible, so here's what it says. Matthew chapter 16. How many of you guys brought your Bible, your sword, to the church? Cool. Three people. All right. So. When Jesus came, it's interesting how if you go to Muslims, they can pray three times a day, but okay, I'm like, alright, I'm just gonna, I'll stop there. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do the men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And they responded, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. So I love this. Um, hold on, I'm going to turn to my Bible real quick. So I love this uh, scripture. So before this, we had seen Jesus do all kinds of miracles. We'd seen him feed the 4,000. We'd seen him do all kinds of miracles. And we get to this moment where Jesus asks his disciples, he said, Who do people say that I am? Who do people, what identity are people saying that I am? What characteristics, what attributes, what different things do people say that I am? What are they saying about me on TikTok? What are they saying about me on Snapchat, on Twitter, on Fox and CNN? What are they saying about me? What other apps do you guys use during this? 
Facebook. I saw you Facebook. What is <laughs> yeah, I, I started investing a ton of money in a Snapchat because you guys all use Snapchat, and then you guys all started using TikTok, and I watched all my money investment come down. All right, so shout out, so thanks to you guys. All right, so he comes in and he asks them, who do people say that I am? Now, have you guys ever had someone ask you a question that you know no matter how you answer, they already know the answer? And you're like nervous. So Jesus had been with his disciples about three years. And he's asking this question. He's posing this question to to, uh, his disciples. And they've been with him for three years. So imagine God is asking you a question. He already knows the answer to it. I don't know about you. I poop my pants. So let me give you an example. Like, have you guys ever had your parents ask you like, you might have invited a friend over and they knew it and they're about to they're about to whoop you. And so your parents ask you, they're like, hey, Micah, did, did you invite a friend over? And you, you know, like, if you say yes, you're getting spanked because you weren't supposed to. If you say no, their parent already told, so you're going to get spanked. So, like, there's, like, no good. Have you guys ever had your parents ask you, pose a question to you, and you're like, man, no matter how I answer this, I'm going to die. Like, hey, did, did you fail your geometry test? Well, if I say yes, I'm going to die. If I say no, they already got the email, so I'm going to die for lying. Do you put with the dishes? <laughs> no, I always had, whenever you don't know what to do, whoever's asking the questions is who's controlling the conversation. My boss taught me that. All right. Um, so, Jesus says, who do people say I am? He's asking, what identity? What characteristics? What are the things that people say that I am? And they respond and they say, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others claim I am the prophet. So they respond with all these other identities, but none of them are him. They say, some people are saying that you're, you're, you're a prophet. Some people are saying that you're Jeremiah. Some people are saying that you're the guy baptizing people. And they're responding with all these other answers, all these other things people are saying on Twitter and TikTok and Snapchat about him. But here's the thing. None of them are about him. None of them are him. So he asks another question. He says, who do you say that I am? What attributes, what characteristics, what events? Who do you say that I am? Once again, that's like one of those, like, no matter how I answer, I'm nervous. So Peter answers and he says this. You are the Christ the Son of the living God. Peter responds and tells God, God, this is who you are. This is who I've realized that you are. And I love the response and catch this. Jesus responds to him and says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. What I've learned is if we want to learn more about God, we have to ask God to learn more about God. When we want to learn more about who God is, we got to say, God, I want you to teach me about who you are. God, I'm going to turn on some worship music. I'm going to spend some time with you because every time I am with you, I learn more about you. You can't learn more about God from you. You can't learn about God from the world. You can learn about God from him. But then God responds and he says this. This is so weird. He says, and you are Peter. So Jesus has been with these people for three years, and now he's telling them their name? That'd be like me going up to Micah and being like, Micah, I've known you for three years. You are Micah. Thanks. Like, like what? what just happened? So Jesus looks at him and he says, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Here's what he was saying. 
See, Peter's name before this was Simon. And Simon, the name Simon, means, means a reed that is swaying in the wind. A reed that is swaying whatever way a wind is blowing. But the name Peter means rock. And no matter how hard the wind blows, the rock's not going to move. And here's what I learned. Jesus was telling Peter his identity. He was telling Peter, hey, remember times that you are in this world? And here's what I want to tell everybody in here in this room tonight. You will never find your identity in this world. You will never find your identity in your friends. You will never find your identity in your family. You won't find your identity in your school. You won't find your identity in your job. You won't find your identity in a glass of alcohol, in a bowl of meat, in a drink or a girlfriend. You can only find your identity in one person and his name is Jesus. You won't find who you are in a book. You won't find who you are in a movie. You won't find who you are anywhere else except for in Jesus. I want to turn to one other scripture and we're going to kind of shift gears here. So, I want to go to 2 Kings chapter 4. So it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in this house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow some vessels from everywhere. From all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought her the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she came to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she came to him and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Zach, would you be able to hit the lights one more time? Can you just, thanks so much. Or Pastor Chris, it doesn't matter. Um, hey, Carla, could you feel on the pad just for a second here? And then, we'll, and then we'll pause it again and we'll put it back on, but you can throw the pad on. Okay. So this first part, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So we have this woman, and, and she looks at this prophet. She says, I'm in trouble here. She says, my husband is dead, and they're taking my, they're taking my kids away. I don't know what I'm going to do. My, my husband's dead. They're taking away my kids. I don't know what to do. I need some help. And you guys in this room, you might say, hey, that doesn't apply to me. I don't have kids. I, I hope you don't have kids. I don't have kids. And you, you might in this room, you might say, my husband isn't dead either. Then you guys are married, right? It's like, yeah, I got married last week, I didn't tell you. You know what I've learned is sometimes we have to take the battle and we have to put ourselves in that position. 
and say, I thought, what would it look like if it wasn't? What was it? What if it looked like if it was about the people in this generation, this generation? So it wasn't about, you know, our, our spouse, right? It wasn't about our kids, right? But what if it was, what if it was about something that we were walking through? And so I started to go through my mind of things that teenagers deal with today and the things that I thought of was, of what it looked like. And I looked at some things I thought and they looked a little bit like this picture. Anxiety is coming up the middle screen for children as well because the enemy has latched onto your generation. He's coming into your generation like never before and he's gripping your generation with something called anxiety. Why? Because our destiny isn't empty. See, there's two different kinds of destinies. There's a destiny of us. There's that destiny coming home where you really get to reflect your earthly loneliness. And in the story, the woman says that they're getting ready. They're going to take my son to slaves. My, my husband's died. But all I have is I have a jar with a little bit of oil. And I tell you that sometimes the very thing that you overlook is the very thing God's going to use to save your lives. Some of you come here every single Wednesday night and you look like your shit together Wednesday night. It's just another youth night. It's just another old age Wednesday night. And yet God tonight is calling somebody who's going to touch some of you tonight. Some of you have been struggling with anxiety and tonight God is going to break it off your life forever. Or I've done some research. One of the things that has gripped your generation is depression. Why? Because your vessel isn't empty. And some of the very things that you overlook is the very thing God wants to use to break it off of your life. Depression and anxiety and young are pitting five times higher than common people. Five times higher. The enemy has gripped your generation in this. The next one that I looked up is self-harm. People that want to put themselves because they don't believe in themselves. They don't love themselves. And they look at them and what they don't realize is Jesus already bled on the cross for you. I read a study that says that one in four teenage girls hate themselves. One in four teenage girls do self-harm. Why? Because they don't believe in themselves. Because when they look in the mirror, they don't think they're beautiful. But the Bible... It says that God created you. It says that you were knitted together in your mother's womb. It says that we predestined. It says that you were formed and brought up in the womb. They are created in His image. And sometimes when you look at yourself and you don't think that you're beautiful, when you don't think you're handsome, you can start to run because God said, don't you know I created you? Don't you know every time you say those words, it cuts me deeply? I think the next one is the darkest one. Suicide. Suicide. This girl, it says that she was 14 years old and she took her own life. And it says, Instagram helped kill my daughter. Because of things online, because of social media, because of peer pressure. And this girl took her life. Can I tell you what? Suicide is the most selfish thing that you can do. Because it breaks you and crushes the people around you. And yet a generation is struggling with it. Why? Because the enemy believes in you more than you believe in yourself. The final one is war. I looked at Ukraine. Trenches, mud, and dust. One Ukrainian battlefield looks like something out of World War One. If you want to know what that looks like, go on Netflix and watch some World War One documentaries. And we have a generation literally fighting to the death and killing each other. Why? Because they have empty vessels and they're overlooking the oil of the Holy Spirit that God wants to use to radically change your life. 
my wife just says to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what, what do you have in the house? And she said, I don't have much, but what I do have, I have a little jar of oil. I don't have much, but I got, I got this jar and it's got a little bit of oil in it. Can I tell you tonight? Maybe Wednesday night is your little jar of oil. Maybe you putting on some worship music in your room is your little jar of oil. Maybe you going to school and throwing some AirPods in and listening to some Christian music. Maybe that's your oil. But stop overlooking the thing that God has placed on the inside of you. So he says, go buy vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. And don't just get a few. Get a bunch. And when you get them, I want you to shut the door behind you. Why did he want them to shut the door? He wanted them to shut the door because sometimes when you share people about the things that are going on in your life, they'll tear you down with them. Look at Joseph and his brothers. Joseph shared his dreams with his brothers and they threw him in a pit. There's always people around you that want to throw you in a pit. But you got to get around some people that say, I'm not going to throw you in a pit. I'm going to pull you in the palace. She goes, she shuts the door behind her. They bring the vessels. And the thing that she overlooked was now the thing that was overflowing. Some of you here tonight, your identity, your life feels like an empty vessel. And tonight, God wants to touch you. He wants to radically touch some of you in this room. So let's just, you can pause music for, one, for a second. Alright, I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions. You know, we're going to kind of Real quick, right before we, we switch gears, I'm just going to ask you guys a couple questions, and if it applies to you, you know, I just want you to say this applies to me. Okay, so we have this woman, and she's got this oil, and this oil is the only thing that she needs, and God breaks through for her. And sometimes, and I look all around, I look all around, and sometimes the thing that we use to fill ourselves up, sometimes it's sports, sometimes it's so many other things. One of the ways that I see is I see sports really filling people up. How many of you guys in here, uh, like the Steelers versus the Browns, how many of you guys here are Steelers fans? All right, if you're a Steelers fan, just stand up for a second. All right, all right, sit down, sit down. All right, all right, if you're a Browns fan, just jump up real quick, jump up real quick. If you're a Browns fan, all right, all right, okay, okay, all right, sit down, sit down. All right, if you're an Android user, I want you to stand up real quick. Stand up real quick if you're an Android user. Okay, all right. If you're an Apple user, stand up. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, we know who dominates that one. All right. Okay, so the next one I'm going to ask TikTok versus Snapchat, which one you like more. If you like Snapchat more, I want you to stand up real quick. Snapchat. All right, okay, okay. If you like TikTok more, I want you to stand up. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to stand up for that one. Okay, Chick-fil-A versus Chipotle. If you like Chick-fil-A more, stand up. Chipotle more. Woo-hoo! All right, all right, all right, okay. All right, so here's the next thing I'm going to do. All right, go ahead, Connor. Go ahead. All right, I want everyone to close their eyes all across this room. I'm 
works about you and God. So just keep your eyes closed. And I'm surprised to you. I want you to stand up.